And we're live. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hebrews and Talks, episode 10, and we have today a very special guest to commemorate our double-digit episode, Pastor Vincent. Pastor Vincent, if, I don't know, I don't remember uh, what, which episode it was, but the episode on calling was episode 6 or 7, but I mentioned in my story that there was an individual, the first uh, confirmation from the Lord that you now I was been calling to ministry was somebody who came in when I was working at a smoothie joint, and uh this guy, he brings up seminary, he never hits me up, right? He kind of leaves me hanging, and, and then we run into each other again when I finally, you know, receive my calling, and I go into seminary, and this is actually him. This is Pastor Vincent, and so uh, it was crazy when we, uh, when God brought us together, you know, divinely again, but he's a good friend of mine. We go to seminary together. Pastor Vincent, you want, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful to be on here. Um, you know, when Sam asked me to come and, like, either serve at your church or um, be a part of something like this i'm always so open and so willing because you know to me like when i see uh sam and actually pastor eugene too pastor sam and pastor eugene um i feel like i'm talking to spiritual giants in my life um, i'll give, give a couple of stories um i think the greatest thing that i think think of when i think of sam is like when you talk to him scripture just flows out of his mouth um i, I like the imagery of like if i just squeeze his arm like words would fall out the bible verses would fall out uh, of his mouth or something like that and so you know i love him because because of that he's so encouraging in that way um and to me that's like the mark of really someone that i would like to be and grow grow to be more like pastor eugene on the other hand um also spiritual giant in my eye because i was serving at uh one of your retreats saying pastor sam asked me to come and uh give a seminar on a topic and you know one okay. one of the members of the retreat, one of the students, or actually one of the leaders of the retreat was asking for advice on something, and I was being very encouraging and being like, oh, like, I understand where you're coming from. And then Pastor Eugene comes into the picture, and he's like, no, you need to do this, 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 this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's really going going at her. And I realized in that moment, I was so convicted. It was like, wow, he's, he's willing to say the hard truths. And I realized for both of these people at, uh, at the retreats that, you know, these guys aren't just people who, um, like, love the Bible. They're not just people who are doing this for a job, but they really are pastors. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very blessed to be here. I'm so thankful that you, you asked me to come and that I can spend some more time with you guys. Um, and we get to talk about the Word. So, yeah, yeah good stuff. That's, that's why we had him on. This, you can leave now, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so, so much for kind words. We had no idea that this is... Again, our show is never scripted, so we don't know what who's going to say what. But uh, I guess like we always do, we'll just start off with our mugs. I got my trusty I'll Be Back mug with Jesus on it. Yep, I have the uh, How Does Jesus Make His Coffee? He brews it. But we have uh, the same mugs, but different drinks. We don't have water. Uh, we have... Drink some kung fu tea from our local uh, local place, but uh, but yeah. Vince, you want to share your mug? Yeah, I brought my church's mug. I was really debating on um, this or a mug that I got in San Francisco, but I decided uh, to bring my church's mug because I think it's such a beautiful picture of you know there are other churches in the area that are are working for the the mission and work of the Lord, and it's so good to see other brothers in Christ who are not a part of the same church being able to have conversations like this. Yeah, and um, it has our vision statement on the back. I don't know if you can see it to welcome the broken into family for the renewal of all things. That's great. Yeah, and I love I love that concept of the renewal of all things. Um, that's something that we're cool. we're going for. So. That is very cool. That's Christ central. Yeah, if you're in the uh, DMV area. 
can give him a visit. Oh yeah, if you're if you're going to stay stay at this church, this is a good church though. <laughs> I'm not, 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 not trying to try to sheep not seal or anything. Like that. <laughs> right, right. If you're looking for church, if you're looking for a church in the area, you're new to the area. But um, let me give our layout for today. Uh, Pastor Vincent is actually graciously going to lead us through a devotion to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, I believe. And then we're going to talk about, our primary segment is going to be diversity and unity. We had some very similar, but also very different uh, upbringings, especially in the Korean American scene. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to also trickle into like other uh, topics within diversity, within churches and whatnot. So that's going to be helpful for everybody. Secondary segment. Pastor Eugene is going to lead us through an awesome mission spotlight that's happening in our church specifically. And then we're also going to have a reaction to a uh, TikTok that I stumbled upon that I thought was hilarious. And hopefully, I know these guys will, but I don't know if you guys will, but we'll see. We'll see. And then, uh, and then we'll close. Yeah, sounds good. All right. You want to lead us in the devotion today? Yeah. So um, the devotion comes from Hebrews 11, uh, 13 through 16. This is actually one of my favorite passages in Hebrews. Um, and I guess, do we read the passage? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm just making sure. Yeah. Um, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Amen. You know, the, the context of the, the passage is one where the author of Hebrews just starts name-dropping the spiritual giant after giant. He talks about Abel. He talks about um, Abraham. I think he talks about Moses as well. Well, Moses after this part. But he talks about Isaac and Jacob. Um, the, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, by faith, Sarah received her power to conceive even when, though she was past the age. He's just name-dropping these people. And what he's doing is he's name-dropping these people so that we know that they're the examples of faith, of who we're supposed to follow. And in verse 13, he says, these people, they never received what, they're, what, they, what they were promised. They all died in faith. Abraham didn't get to see his children become the great nation that God promised. Um but instead, they lived as strangers and exiles on earth. Right? And I think that's something that I'd like to impress on all the, the listeners here today. You know, faith is not necessarily, you know, is this thing where we look forward to something. It's not guaranteed we're going to get that here on earth. But one day, we will. Right? We're seeking our homeland. Um, we're desiring a better country. And that better country, that homeland, you're not going to find it here on earth. Um, you know, I think uh, Pastor Eugene and Pastor Sam were telling me a lot of the listeners are college students. I think, uh, you know, after college, you come and you, the, the world is your oyster. Is that the phrase? The world is your oyster, right? And you, you feel like you can make anything of it. And then it, it gets really hard because you realize life is it's not going to work out the way you want it to. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to find the same kind of perfect, like really amazing community that you may have and have had in college. Um, and people really get down because of that, and especially in their faith, because they ask God, like, why? Why am I going through these things? But the point is, you don't live based off of, you know, getting everything that you want. You live in faith that one day you will get to that homeland. One day you will have that peace that you so long for. Um, 
And yeah, and those, that's the example that all the believers before us have set for us. That's the example that um, your pastors tried to set for you guys as well. And so uh, that's the devotional for today. Um, you know, this, this walk is one by faith. That means you're not going to get what you exactly want um, as you live. But you look to heaven. You look to the place where you know, the renewal of all things will happen. The perfect community that you so long for will happen. The giver of life that, that you want so badly. You'll, you'll see him face to face. Um, Amen. Yeah. That's so a good word. word. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> as I was hearing you speak, it's like so comforting for, for believers who are living by faith, looking forward to what we're truly living for. Mm -hmm. uh, but we must sound crazy to like non-believers, like living for like a new city, a new, uh, new home, a new family, but like on earth, we're just kind of like foreigners mm -hmm. passing by. But yeah, thank you. That, that was very comforting. That's a good word. Yeah, I mean, it's a good reminder because it's so easy for us to live, you know, according to what we see here and think that that's it. Uh, but we do know that there's something greater um, that we get to enjoy once we're done with this life here. So, yeah. Thank you so much for that word, Pastor yeah. Vincent. Yeah, through Jesus. Through Jesus. Through yeah. Jesus. He's the only way. It's true. Yep. It's not my words, not anyone's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pastor Vincent, if you can actually, I think it'll help us actually lead into primary segment if you actually shared with us a little bit about yourself mm -hmm. your yeah. upbringing your yeah. background your ministry context right now and so mm -hmm. yeah tell us about yourself yeah so i um go to a church called christ central tyson's and um i think it's different from a lot of maybe the church that you're a part of right now a lot of people who are listening are a part of right now because it's more like a third generation korean american church you know um i grew up as a second generation korean american i actually don't speak I don't, I don't know if this is the right phrase. An ounce of Korean. I know some Korean foods, like sangapsar. I'm probably butchering that. Well. Um, that's, right. that's a very important word. Yeah, that's a very important word. Yeah, so I don't really speak Korean. Uh, I grew up in a second generation Korean American context. A lot of my understanding of church and um, what faith is came through that lens of the second generation Korean American church. And part of that lens gave me a, a particular view on the first generation Korean American church. Um, and now I find myself more at a third generation, kind of not so at a Korean American church, but more uh, Asian American, right? I'm a, my wife is Chinese Taiwanese American. We're a biracial couple. We have a lot of biracial couples at our church. Um, some people speak Korean, most don't actually. And so that's kind of my background in terms of how I grew up and the cultural influences uh, that have impacted me and. I don't know if, did you already mention the, the segment title? Yeah, um, Diversity and Unity, I believe I did. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, think it, I think it relates to the segment in the sense that, you know, like, the, the church expresses itself in diverse ways. Um, and, like, what, does, what, are, what are the things that we can learn from the different generations, even within the Korean-American church? Um, yeah, and how do we stay unified as, as a people and not just kind of look at each other and say like, oh, like everything that you do is wrong, but actually appreciate the goodness that God has given to each generation of believers mm -hmm. within the church um, and then learn from each other as we do that. Yeah. yeah. I think a little bit of it like us, like we serve at a primarily first generation Korean church. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of 1.5. We have mm -hmm. a lot of two a second generation, mm. very few third. And so we're, we're like kind of in, in some ways, like kind of 
um like uh before mm. stages in the before stages that you know pastors been pastor vincent's uh, church kind of Mm. Uh, is it now right um <clears throat> at least in this in the, in the sense of like progression of like where you know we're headed mm. for those of you who don't understand i think we should talk a little bit about like what oh, we yeah. mean by mm-hmm. like a uh, first generation second generation third generation it's basically just like like uh like immigrants like our parents who who've come from like other countries and you know mm-hmm. different cultures different language uh speaking areas like that's first generation mm-hmm. and then their children would be like me and I, I believe Pastor yeah. Eugene is like second, second generation, generation. Mm-hmm. and then their children, so the grand grandchildren of the first generation, like mm-hmm. Pastor Vincent, would be the third generation. So yeah. it actually changes a lot in terms of not just language, mm-hmm. uh, but culture and, and the way that you actually view life and the way that you right. view ministry and mm-hmm. church, and like even like how you view you know the faith, it actually changes in mm-hmm. some ways. And so uh, that's why this is actually such a big deal. And so it's, it's going to be helpful for not even just just purely Korean Americans, but I think mm-hmm. it'd be helpful for anybody that comes by this video but yeah if you if you look at churches mm-hmm. across the different cultures like the chinese american church even the like uh latin american church uh cultures that come come to america which is this very westernized society they go through a very similar process as oh, yeah. the korean american sure, church yeah. and so oh, yeah. any immigrant church yeah. you know like it doesn't have to be just asian but any immigrant church they have to deal with that uh, those genera- uh, generational and cultural gaps between mm-hmm. the, the first gen, second gen, third gen, and keep moving down forward. Because even though even though second gen and third gen are close, there are still differences because yeah. of just mm-hmm. just technology sure. wise, yeah. it's like yeah. this culture. Because mm-hmm. even though you're in the same country, you grew up in the same country. The country is changing too with the times. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's it kind of it's a issue for every church. Mm-hmm. Even even the American church, like the mm-hmm. you know the white American church, mm-hmm. they're dealing yeah. with just the generational, mm-hmm. right? maybe a little less variables than ours, mm-hmm. but still kind of same idea. Right. We have to work together, stay together in unity. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I feel like I feel like at least this is not based off statistics or anything, but like mm-hmm. I feel like you were talking about like differences between second generation and third generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like second generation, like you can either take two stances, and I think a lot of people take. The first, which is a very like negative mm-hmm. or pessimistic view of the first because of you know the trauma mm-hmm. or like the conflicts that they've experienced, mm-hmm. or they could take a position of understanding and it's mm-hmm. like I understand that not everything they they held to was mm-hmm. correct, but like we understand where they come from, but also there's a lot of good principles to pull from that mm-hmm. and then the third generation is so removed that they're either I feel like they're at least for Pastor Vincent mm-hmm. for example, he has a very healthy view right now at least mm-hmm. after experiencing like how the second view viewed whether it was positive or negative mm-hmm. and so like you're so you're, you're separated enough mm-hmm. whereas you can actually view it objectively and and, right. and 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 uh like you were saying you you feel like you know we should actually reconcile the two in some way yeah right. be, being able to see the differences and appreciate them and learn from them so for example you know i growing up almost as basically a third generation it's like 2.5 and 3 uh, on my dad's side i'm a three and then on my mom's side more like 2.5 um but being growing up in the second generation Korean American church, where we basically only had an English congregation, only English speaking ministries and things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends were um, not Korean American and things like of that nature um, at school. What, what I learned growing up was, um, you know, a lot of the first generation Korean American practices, they were, they were looked down upon. We, we thought like, like oh, second generation. Yeah. A lot of second generation uh, people and, 
also, of course, my generation started to adopt that idea of like the first generation, you know, they're the first generation to come and they're, they're faithful, but they got a lot of things wrong. And mm-hmm. um, so the reaction towards the first generation, for example, like something on like morning prayer, like morning prayer was something that was actually very looked down on. Oh, you're so legalistic. Why are you guys doing that? Why do you have to make it such a big deal in the Christian life? And in some way, there's some validity to the to that criticism, right? You can't look at morning prayer and make it something that determines your spiritual standing with God, because that's only something sure. Christ can do. Right. And so, and so, in some ways, the second American second generation thought rightly. They were like, "Hey, that's taking a good thing and making it ultimate." But they not only took that good thing um, and and brought it down. I think they brought it down to a level lower than it's meant to be. Right. And so you look at morning prayer and start to see like, well, oh, like we're not going to do that. Mm. That's like that's a bad practice. Mm. Right. And so I grew up thinking like, oh, like it's so it's so legalistic. Like that's so uh, unfair. Like it's no not understanding of people's lives and situations. But then after I graduated from college, um, I started to realize, you know, a lot of my beliefs are just reactions to uh, the first generation church. And maybe it's not just that like they got everything wrong maybe mm. everything that's opposite of the first generation church um isn't necessarily good right so my view on morning prayer now is like actually it is a really good practice <laughs> like it's really good to yeah, wake up yeah. the first thing you do and pray, and pray. <laughs> you know like and even the the going to church with a, a group of people to pray yeah. and to read Talk about the accountability. Talk about the sense of community you yeah. get from that. Um, it's it's not a bad thing. Um, no. You can it can be twisted into a bad thing. Sure. But the, a lot of times, what the second and third generation people will what, what will happen is you'll you go and see something that's twisted, and then you'll completely drop it. Right. You'll drop morning prayer because you think, okay, well that was bad. But no, there's actually some really good things and. Mm-hmm. Some things we can learn yeah, from. for sure um you know like the saying goes you don't throw out the baby with the bath water yeah oh that's <laughs> so a like, good, good point yeah so, so like i agree like because uh, as a even though I'm, I'm you know doing mostly you know just english congregation mm-hmm. i still attend morning prayer mm-hmm. and lead morning prayer actually mm-hmm. uh, thursday fridays so um there is value in that in the sense that it does keep you disciplined you have to wake up early um, yeah yeah you have to sleep early to wake mm-hmm. up early uh, starting your day off in prayer and in the word, mm. another good thing. Uh, I think a, a big reason why this whole thing started when the Korean, I don't know about other Asian churches, but in the Korean church is just seeing passages where it says Jesus early in the morning went to pray. Mm. And they're like, oh, let's just do this every day because mm-hmm. Jesus did it. Because uh, and I have some uh, some American friends who are pastors, and I tell them about morning prayer. And they're like, why? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I've experienced that one. Yeah. Why would you wake up and go to church at 5.30 to pray? I'm like, well, because, you know, you got to spend time in the Word and, and prayer in the morning. is great to see it as a, it's great to do it as a body of Christ. So there is a really good thing, like you said, a lot of good things that come with it. But also that when it gets bad is when they use that to measure how spiritual or how holy or how righteous or how spiritually mature they are. They say, oh, you know, you're a deacon, you're an elder, you should be going to morning prayer. Like, if we use it as a way to judge others, and like shame others, and shame others, and guilt others into right. going, uh, that's when it becomes unhealthy. And actually, mm-hmm. um, at one of the previous churches that served that, um, that was the issue. So the the senior pastor, even though he's very first-gen, like he's an old first-gen guy, um, he just 
actually kind of got rid of morning prayer. Mm. He said, you know what? Like it's becoming too legalistic. Mm. Uh, the his church members were kind of is using it in an unhealthy way. So he encouraged them to pray early in the morning by themselves. Mm. But then got rid of the practice of morning mm. prayer. Wow. Mm. And I thought I've never heard. I don't know. At least from the church I've been, to, I never heard of a church that mm. just completely got rid of morning prayer. And at that, being a first gen church, mm. right? a first gen led church. Mm. Um, so there's that. I don't know if I agree with totally getting rid of it, but it is hard to um, change someone's perspective on mm. morning prayer. I think once it's kind of in their head, like, oh yeah, you you have to do it. Mm. But that might be the motivation. They're like, oh, I am an elder. I should be there, and like. Mm kind of drag yourself to morning prayer sometimes mm. so we got to really you know like i like i said don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. water mm-hmm. uh, just because of these a few cons um we shouldn't just you know altogether cut morning prayer but right. kind of try to change the people's concept in mind knowing that you know you can go to morning prayer every day for your whole life and not be saved it's mm. true you know what mm. i mean like it could be legalistic it, it could be legalistic you're just doing it on the outside um, you can be doing it as a way to serve or earn salvation, which is not the point of it. You do mm-hmm. it because, you know, we're saved and we want to spend that time in the morning. Yeah. But me personally, as a second gen, like uh, there are times in my life, even before ministry, I shared like during an, uh, the calling episode, mm-hmm. how, it, um, how like moving to a different place kind of like led me to morning prayer because that was the only way I can try to um, get out of, or try to understand the situation that I was in. I was calling out to God, and God, and that's when God called me to ministry. Mm. So even as a second gen, uh, I view it as a very helpful thing. Mm. Um, mm. As long as it doesn't get into the legalistic side, mm. which it can easily uh, can get that way. But, um, mm. Yeah, morning prayer is, is much needed. I think it's a discipline that second gen and third gen uh, should take. You know, mm. We're so... Uh, I would say as a second gen too, we, we like to take it easy. We don't like to work too hard for anything. Right. If anything's a little bit hard, we just tend to quit. Mm-hmm. Whereas first gen, like, you know, with that whole immigrant mentality, they came here, right? Ready to fight every day and yeah. like mm-hmm. ready to like Survive. work hard every day. And yeah. like, if that meant, you know, 16 hour days, that's we're yeah. going to do whatever to survive. And we kind of lost that. And I feel like now the second and third gen, and it'll probably, as it gets lower, like fourth, fifth, sixth, mm-hmm. as it keeps going, it's going to get, worse and worse because we're going to feel more like privileged like mm-hmm. we deserve this we deserve that and we kind of see that but i think second gen third gen is good just to whip ourselves into spiritual shape to right. practice morning prayer again as long as we're not making it like a legalistic thing yeah i think i think there's the discipline aspect yeah um but like for me so like growing up in the korean american church like i never i never knew i wasn't aware of like this i was telling this telling them this earlier but like i wasn't aware of this like uh like dynamic between like legalistic uh, approach to like morning prayer but also mm-hmm. like the benefits i just thought it was like okay it's just something that the koreans did right the, mm-hmm. the adults did mm-hmm. um but if there's one thing i learned in my in my two three years of ministry mm-hmm. it's that prayer is everything mm-hmm. prayer is key and so yeah, like yeah. it's not even just like morning prayer is essential mm. but like for like you were saying for the third fourth and like future generation not even just korean generations but like mm. christians throughout like we need to emphasize prayer mm. and we need to prioritize it yeah. there is nothing we're going to do right. apart from the blessing mm. of the lord as the psalm says right right like it's uh and people can say like easily oh, like oh like why not just like pray like like at a different different hour of the day and that's that's true too we should be praying you can. i think yeah, we're not saying you can't exactly yeah. but what i'm saying is like 
you prioritize it. And mm-hmm. I think the structure of morning prayer actually forces you or like paves a way for you to actually prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start the day off, it actually changes your schedule. Mm-hmm. I like to think about like the analogy of like when you prioritize your profession or your sport or your dream, mm-hmm. you shape your entire schedule around right. it. Mm-hmm. You go to bed early so you can get up early mm-hmm. the next morning to like get your reps in and go right. to the gym. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In the same way, if you're going to prioritize prayer and your faith and your ministry in prayer and faith, then you're going to do the same thing. And I think, right. but it, but I, I completely agree. I was unaware of the fact that people, you know, were being prideful about this thing. Like, oh, I go mm-hmm. to morning prayer and you don't, right? Mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, like, you just call it out. You call it out mm-hmm. and uh, you let them know, like, uh, you can't make this the ultimate thing. But, like, yeah. in some ways, like, it is the ultimate thing. Not morning prayer itself, but prayer mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. principles behind morning prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and so that's just, that's just one way to actually segue into, uh, I think, what we actually need to strive for, mm-hmm. we need to. I, I like. I've met so many like mm-hmm. second gen pastors mm-hmm. who are so, and I, I completely get it. Like, mm-hmm. I've been hurt by the church. My entire family has been like chased away by the church mm-hmm. um, because of you know some of the ways that first gen churches actually run ministry. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand. But even from a place of understanding, we can't give up. Uh, on an entire generation of people, mm-hmm. they're still God's people, and they're right. still part of the mm-hmm. church. And so, like, the question becomes: like, is there a way, as we did with morning prayer just now, in, mm-hmm. in some sense, it's mm-hmm. a lot more complicated than that. But mm-hmm. is there a way to actually um, reconcile mm-hmm. these two generations? Mm-hmm. Is there is there any hope mm-hmm. uh, for this uh, nuanced diversity within the same you know mm-hmm. context, which is Korean American? Yeah, I um, did you want to say something first before I? Uh, I mean, I think I think one thing to add, if I could, um, is it's it's also important to recognize that uh, the cultural differences between the second and third generations uh, in in regards to the Western influence on the second and third generations, right? Yeah. So whereas the Asian American church and Asian American cultures are extremely communal, it's all about like what you it, what how your community. Community is such an important factor in the Korean American church or in Asian American churches. Whereas if you look at like the white American church, it's extremely individualistic, right? It's all on you. Uh, a lot of it is based off of you. And there's uh, pros and cons to both and things that you can learn from, from both. But coming with this understanding that, you know, the second generation and the third generation, they've lived in a largely white American culture for the majority of their lives. You know, they, they might be involved with Asian American culture in school and in church but when they go to school what what's their life going to be like when they graduate from school who are the people that are going to be around them they're going to be around people who are more westernized that are more individualistic and so i think that's an important like uh factor to consider right so when i think about morning prayer as well um you know why why does the white american church still not have morning prayer practices why is it like so crazy to them well, part of it is because um, a lot of them do promote the practice of morning prayer, but they don't they don't go to a church to do right, it. Right, they do right. it at home. It's right. it's it's their cultural difference. They think it's right. it's better done as an individual. And there's actually like a lot of evidence for in scripture for that as well. Yeah, right. There's sure. pros and cons. You know, Jesus says like, oh, like, um, don't be like the scribes and Pharisees who make a big deal out of their prayers mm-hmm. yeah. and, and make other people see. Right. And. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the Christian church, the church is meant to be a very communal thing. Yeah. 
right? And so there, there's things that you can learn from both. Um, yeah, exactly. The cultural diversity um, and and then, yeah, how do you unify? And I think this goes back to the question of, yeah, the first and gener second generation, one who's so influenced by the, the culture that they brought from like Korea or wherever they've come from. And second, uh, the second generation being one who's got a very different culture. And so faith is expressed very differently in that aspect. And how do you find the, the unity and the balance? Uh, while you're talking about that, like, um, I was just reminded, like, um, I forget who the missionary is, but it was like a long time ago. And like his whole thing was he was realizing as like the American missionaries went out to different countries, they were teaching them to be Christian in an in a, in a, in a American way, mm -hmm. right? And so they're like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. You have to, this is how you worship. You sing these hymns. You do prayer. And they're like, he was like, no, each culture is gifted with something. So maybe Korean culture is just like morning prayer is our thing. Uh, yeah. That might be just yeah, And we can use that. But uh, his point was like, uh, then, like, the the Hawaiians, they have the haka, right? Mm. Very powerful. Uh, I'm not really sure what it is. It's like a, like a cry, like a warrior cry. Mm. And he's like, that's your cultural thing. You can use it to worship God. They can do haka, you know, for, for God. So, like, he was saying, like, we should encourage each culture. I know we're talking about, like, within the Korean culture. But mm -hmm. within yeah. each uh, culture has, like, a gift. Mm -hmm. And then we should allow them to use that gift to worship God in a way that is you know specific and unique to them mm -hmm. right and yeah, amen. the reason why i think there's hope you're asking about within the korean churches um my previous church that i was at it was actually a very interesting dynamic we had the korean congregation and we had a spanish congregation mm -hmm. and we weren't two separate churches we were one church that's beautiful it was very cool like uh the older i guess congregation were the, the korean mm. so they're like 60 years old and plus you know above mm. and then the younger ones were the ones with like families they had kids um but if you think about it that context too their kids are like our second gen so they're like english mm. is easier mm. they don't some of them don't speak spanish that well they don't know mm. spanish so we made it work in the church it was amazing like uh we would we would have joint services and so the pastor will speak in korean I'll interpret that into English. And then we had a Spanish pastor interpret that into Spanish. Oh. And we'll just like a three-way, we'll sing songs in Spanish and in Korean and in English. Uh, and we were one very tight group, I would say. Like people from the outside would be like, how does that even work? Why, you know, why would these people get together? Mm. Um, but we were united in Christ ultimately, right? Mm. So even the language barrier. But yeah, there is a language barrier. The, our older Koreans, they don't know any Spanish except hola. Mm. or adios right? mm. or amigo i think that's about it the three words that they know or mm. como estas like very basic mm. and then like the spanish you know they don't really know that much korean they know like kamsamida or anyas you know like very very right. very minimal but we're able to like worship together have ser like uh, listen to the sermon together even fellowship together um, and be able to understand one another uh, just because christ mm. christ is something that we have all in common mm. and just uh through body language you know there's you can you can express love right and yeah. just caring and hospitality with even if there's a language and culture barrier barrier so seeing that work at that church i feel like we have a lot less hurdles to overcome within the korean, korean church, church mm. right? so like for us um well, i so guess good. yeah i guess like for for me specifically i feel like our senior pastor at our church wanted me here to act kind of like the bridge mm. because he comments on how 
how first gen I am, even though I'm second gen. Mm, like I understand mm, their point of view, but then of course I identify more with the second gen. So like mm, I'm kind of the bridge between the older pastors and like PSK here. Um, I think we have a lot of pastors who like who are like that yeah, who can. For sure. um, I'm not one to say like the second gen needs to just completely just start their own church. I don't mm. think that's healthy. Mm-mm. I don't think that's healthy for both first gen and second gen. Mm. We have to make it work together in order for the Korean church to keep on going. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of culture differences, but it is doable. We just have to be open-minded, open, open-hearted. And I feel like if the first gen can listen to second gen and second gen listen to first gen, we can yeah, take it's the gotta good, go both ways. good, good of both. And then, put it together we could make it even a stronger church mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately there are a lot of churches where first gen just kind of dictates how mm-hmm. even second gen should do their mm-hmm. ministry which is not correct because they don't know the mm-hmm. content like they don't understand the culture right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it'll be like us telling the first gen what to do like they're not gonna yeah. think that <laughs> they yeah. Think it's like yeah for for other reasons but also like because they know we don't understand how first gen you know minds work right. the context yeah. and all that. which i think is the point right like you're saying like there's there's differences and that there's no way that we're gonna completely understand each other. But like I think we're supposed to be okay with that. Yeah. Like that's the picture of the church in in the words of God. Like in mm-hmm. Revelation, when Jesus says, right, when Hebrews says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say like in Hebrews that like every, all the nations come together and, and they all conform to one language. Mm-hmm. No, it says that every in like of every tongue, mm-hmm. every nation, they yeah. come together to, to submit under this one king. Right. And like how anti-gospel is it mm-hmm. that like you were saying, the Korean context, like we have, Korean American context, we have far less hurdles to jump through mm-hmm. and yet we're so divided within ourselves. That's mm-hmm. so anti-gospel. Mm-hmm. Like the number one, I, I believe, the number one valid weapon that anti-Christians and, and uh, unbelievers have against the church mm-hmm. is our division. And I think mm-hmm. if they look at the Korean American church, they're like, you guys look the same, you guys speak the same, mm-hmm. like you guys come from the same people and yet you're divided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I feel like it's just, it's just like you were saying, it's going to take a lot of humility from both sides. Oh, yeah. Um, like there's not, I don't agree with everything our church does. Mm-hmm. I don't. But like, it doesn't matter. My mm-hmm. opinions don't matter. Doesn't, it doesn't, I ha- if I want to be a part of what the Lord is doing at a church, mm-hmm. he's doing a lot. If I want to be a part of investing in, in the youths and next generation, mm. the, the kids that God sends to our church and mm-hmm. to my life and my ministry, mm. then I have to be humble enough to say, okay, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna submit. Mm. Like Jesus didn't didn't he suffered to conform the world. He mm. didn't he didn't you know make them change and, and, mm. and stop himself from suffering. Mm. So I don't know, I just feel like there's just so much pride um from both sides, I think, mm. really. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh yeah, but I I do think it's there is hope and not to brag, we haven't even mentioned throughout this entire podcast, what church we go to. So mm. we're not boasting, but oh. I, I believe in the hope because I was also part of that second gen that was very mm. pessimistic mm. where I was like, yeah, like I'm never going to serve at a Korean church. I just can't do it. Mm. And then, you know, I, I met our senior pastor and this guy, I've heard many pastors speak of, oh, of course, you guys are the, you guys are the future. You guys mm. were going to invest in you, but it was just different. This guy, he didn't just talk about the conviction. He, mm. he had plans and, and he had visions and mm. and like and he 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 had he he was just so confident in speaking about this. He was like, no, mm. like we're gonna make this happen. Mm. Like we're gonna pro-. and he he like gets upset for us. Mm. Like I'm not gonna bring up examples, but <laughs> he gets upset for us. Right? I have them, but I'm not gonna bring it up because I love the church. Right? I'm gonna be humble enough to like not make it about me and mm. my pride and my frustration. But 
But no, he gets frustrated for the youth and the UC the next generation. He prioritizes us. He looks out for us. He gets mad at us if mm-hmm. if we don't see those things ahead of time to mm-hmm. protect the the unity between the KC and the UC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even just a senior pastor, but like like Pastor Eugene. Like he's he really is God sent. Like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when he when he I came on like a month before, but when he came on, people were stressing like he speaks Korean perfectly, speaks English perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I wish I could do that, but mm-hmm. like okay. Like whatever, because mm. I was I'm young and I'm inexperienced, but mm. that's huge. Like mm. he he not only understands the culture, but he also can can bridge communicate. The gap. Mm. He's invested in both of the ministries, KC and EC. Mm. It's something that that not everybody can do, but mm. because of things like this, like because of God's grace, His goodness, mm. His providence, yeah. like our church really is like actually reflecting a uh, a reconciliation between first and second. Mm. I. I you have to come and see it to, to believe mm. it. Pastor Vincent has experienced a little bit of mm. it, mm-hmm. serving with us at mm-hmm. retreats and whatnot, and meeting the kids. But man, like, like, I, like that's why I'm like I'm meeting like these second gen pastors who are much older than I am. But like, man, like I hear them talking about the first gen, and I'm mm. like, man, like if only you knew, right? If you mm. if only you, and I dare even to say, and this is very, mm. this may sound offensive, but like, if you had the humility. Mm. and the faith to believe that God can do the impossible mm. even Unite within the, them mm. like yeah. raise up gardens mm. out of deserts mm. then you would actually you wouldn't talk like that mm. you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't let go of the first generation church be like oh they're gonna die out eventually mm. right no. um, yeah and so yeah I, I think we could go on for hours about this <laughs> but <laughs> I mean like Pastor Vincent what do you, what do, you, do, you do you think I don't know what are your thoughts because mm-hmm. you, you are removed from this in some ways. In, so. in some ways, but it's actually yeah. uh, interesting that you bring you, you bring this up um, because you know the the Korean American uh, church's struggle with second, third, and first generation diversity of culture mm-hmm. is actually kind of a like mini example of the the multicultural church's uh, kind of struggle as well. So the biggest, I guess, argument against multicultural churches. Is that um, like it's just so hard to make it work? How do you do a multicultural churches when people have different life experiences? When people have different expectations for community? Have people where people have different expectations for like authority? Like how how to handle that? Um, and the I think the biggest argument against that language is well, like one, this is this is what the world is like. It's it's an example to the world, right? How do you do it? Well, you, you have to do it because not, not just because God models it in, in himself. You know, the Trinity is an example of diversity of the, the, the Godhead of uh, Father, Son, and Spirit. And then also unity in, in that sense. But it's also, um, it's, it's also like a polemic. It's an it's a evangelistic uh, thing. I don't know how to explain it. What does the world want right now, right? The world really wants a diverse culture. But if you look at America, if you look at American culture where so many different groups are together, do they have that diversity and unity? No, but they long for it. Mm. They really do. And so if you can get a church, and this is the argument for multicultural churches, that, that does that well, represents the diversity and unity of the people of God that is meant to, what kind of polemic is that? Look, we have something that actually promotes diversity and unity. Yeah. Whereas the world doesn't have an answer to that right now. Yeah. If you look at American culture, it's the most diverse it's probably ever been. It's also the most disunified it's ever been. True. Right? And so, yeah, the, the Korean American church um, is kind of like a, a mini example of that. 
of the different cultures of first, second, and third generation struggling to find unity. And I, and I want to say, like, for all the listeners out there who are in the Asian American church, if you're struggling with that, understand that this is a huge opportunity to show the beauty of the gospel to your friends, families, and coworkers, where you can say, I'm different from these people. I look the same. I look the same. But I'm different. But we still work together. We still live uh, life together. We still mm. are unified yeah. in this. And we yeah. don't disrespect each other. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, you know, for all the listeners, um, if you're wrestling with that, you know, I, I would encourage you, like, how do you, how do you represent that unity and diversity that the world so wants? Because it's not going to come from me necessarily leaving. Sometimes you have to get to that point where like, okay, like, I don't know if it's healthy for me to be here. Mm. But a lot of times I, I do think it's worth fighting for that unity within the immigrant church. I think that's true. I think the apostles talk a lot about like conflict. Like, uh, for example, Paul makes a big deal out of that to, to, the, church, to the churches that he writes. To Peter talks mm-hmm. about that. But he talks about, they don't talk about like how to necessarily resolve these conflicts. He talks about, they, a lot of times they talk about suffering in light of like, living within the suffering and the conflicts mm. as a church together. Mm, mm, mm. And I think like that's the point, right? Like we keep bringing up unity in diversity, not mm-hmm. unity versus diversity. Yeah, right. Like a, a passage that I talk about a lot and, and I hold dear to my heart is John 17. And, and, uh, and they both know this, but like John 17, where Jesus talks about, where Jesus prays for um, a perfect unity, like the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. I used to read that passage and I used to think like, Oh, like that means that we can be perfectly one in the sense that like, like we are, we're like-minded a hundred percent, that there are no differences, that we are like literally perfect. There's something like, I think there's something beautiful about that too. And I think maybe in one sense, that's true. That's, that's what we need to strive for. But if you look at the end goal, like we're talking about in Revelation, mm-hmm. like that this that prayer leads to this. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't end up with like, oh, there are no differences or, or mm-hmm. conflicts between us. It ends up with no, like there are, mm-hmm. and yet we still coexist. And you brought up a beautiful point that, like, it's a it's a way for the world to actually believe. That's what Jesus actually says in John seventeen. Mm-hmm. He says, "So that the world may believe that I am from mm-hmm. the Father, so that you mm-hmm. sent me." Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, it, it's it's biblical that like we're not supposed to run away in the face of conflict and mm-hmm. diversity. We're supposed to dwell in it mm-hmm. and wrestle through it, and right. even if it's messy, mm-hmm. uh, submit to the King in the mm-hmm. midst of it. I agree. Like. Um... I think that might be what it is. Like the world is so diverse and they can never find a way to unite. Like mm-hmm. you said, Pastor Vincent. Mm-hmm. And that's when God gets glory the most when all this, these diverse people groups all are on bended knee mm-hmm. praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we, then we, we see, okay, God can do the impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to tie that in with the Korean church, like I said, we have a lot less hurdles. It's just a matter of cultural and a little bit of generational gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly believe God can overcome that. If He can unite the whole world together and mm. have them all bow down, uh, all these different nations, all these different tongues, and worship Him, mm. um, and He can certainly have the Korean people, mm. Korean American, Korean people, mm. a smaller subset of the whole world mm-hmm. come Beautiful. together. Mm. Yeah. 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 So have faith. Have faith. <laughs> yeah. Have faith. Yeah. I, I just realized too, and within my own family, I, I have a first gen, my wife is first gen, I'm a second gen, and my mm. kids are third gen. Mm. God sent. Yeah, I'm telling you, true. God sent. So, and so, and we are united, right? Of mm. course, because we're family, but, you know, Christ should unite the church. Mm. It doesn't matter what generation. It doesn't matter what language. It doesn't matter 
like we said, like uh, what economic background, what how you grew up, it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, Christ trumps all of that. Yeah, and, and if I could add something, that unity isn't going to come out of you gritting your teeth and you're going to be like, I'm going to suck it up and, and just go and, and put myself mm. in this situation. Yep. Right? If you look at the story of the Pentecost, what unites the people of God, even though they all speak different languages, is the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they're all, they all have different languages, mm-hmm. but they're speaking in tongues and they can understand each other. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's really, it's really um, dependent on your connection to Christ and your connection to the Holy Spirit that you will find unity mm-hmm. with the church. And the way that the Pentecost works is so good because it's not that they only speak one language, not that they all adopt one mm-hmm. culture. That's a good point. They all yeah. hear yeah. each other's languages in their own. Yep. So in that beautiful picture, the Holy Spirit preserves that diversity, mm-hmm. but also presents unity and it only comes through the holy spirit mm. right um so yeah you're not you're not going to be able to grit your teeth and and just like no um, you you really have to be praying relying on god you have to be in a healthy cycle of uh repentance and relying and resting in grace um if you're gonna really take on that endeavor yeah very true yeah yeah and uh, Pastor Eugene was talking about how, like, it doesn't have to be through language as well. Like, it can be through actions. You can show love, mm-hmm. like First Corinthians 12 talks about. Um, and, and Pastor Vincent was mentioning it is through the Spirit, mm-hmm. where you use your spiritual gifts to serve one another. And that's how you actually mm-hmm. uh, strive for unity mm-hmm. with one another. Um, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Any other closing comments before we move on? No, I mean, this is such a big topic. Honestly, I feel like we could talk about this all day. Yeah. Um, we need to hold like yeah, like a um, series or something. A seminar or like a conference mm-hmm. with every Korean American like pastor or someone in ministry, like every elder to like come together and just yell at them for like, like hours straight. We're like, man, you guys need to be humble. Like, yeah. Like hug your hug each other. Right <laughs> your voice, hug it out. Yeah, hug, hug it, it out, out right now. <laughs> We're not leaving. We're not leaving. So everyone hugs. Yeah. Like really hug. Actually, like seriously, I feel like something like that needs to happen. Yeah. Um. Who knows? I can actually see our church actually holding something like that. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um. Yeah. Like we said, I think we can talk all day, but for the sake of our listeners. Um, we'll move on to our, our, our mission spot. Yeah, actually, going along the lines of you know the spirit coming at Pentecost in Acts chapter one, yeah. and two, and and and, and them yeah. actually being able to preach the gospel. Yeah, he actually has something about missions. Yeah, uh, I'm excited because our our uh, English congregation will have a chance to go to missions next year, which is kind of cool because a few months ago I was just sharing my sermon like I felt like God was leading us to kind of step out of our comfort zone. Mm. I was using how Peter stepped out onto the water to mm. where Jesus was. Mm. And I guess I was off by a little bit because he wanted us to jump to step out of a plane instead of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but here we are, right? We have a chance. And like right after I, I did that, I, was, I, I told him honestly, like, I don't know what this fully means. I don't know what it looks like, but I feel like he wants us to step out. And then here we go, boom. Like mm. we have a chance to go to missions. And uh, we'll be going to Chiang Rai, Thailand, which is like north. Thailand north, uh, I think it's like four hours, four hours driving north of Bangkok, mm. kind of. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but it's north of Bangkok, and we have a uh, missionary there actually mm. that we sponsor. Mm. So we'll be helping uh, out with him. But uh, I know from what I heard, like his ministry has been going really well. Um, the ne- the next generation, especially like the children, youth, uh, college students. Uh, so we'll be going there. 
with a team i'm hoping we have about 15 that go including myself mm. just go and be able to um, work with the children there do like an english camp for a couple of days because he's also like high with the local uh, christian church uh, christian school there so they kind of partner up to do ministry together so we'll be doing uh, english uh, camp there for about three days and then doing vbs for about three days um and then we, we're also going to Korea, too. It's kind of cool. In Korea, there's this, like, missionary, like, um, dead missionary, like, kind of memorial kind of area. Mm. Uh, that's, where, that's where this place is located. Mm. And from what I understand, it's a lot of kids who are orphans, so they never had a family. Mm. So families who want to do missions, they can go to Korea, and you just take on a kid for however long they're there, so they can feel what it's like to be part of a family and kind of show that oh, uh, kind of parental love. Mm. Um, I'm still so trying to figure out what we can do as an EC because obviously, like, they won't have that family dynamic. But I feel mm. like we can be just big brother, big, big sister to these kids uh, just for the few days that we're there. But um, yeah, yeah. Mm. it'd be so heartbreaking, like having to say goodbye right. in that short time. Right, I know because uh, I'm sure they. My my feeling is I I won't know for sure, but I feel like they would attach pretty quick. Mm. They long for that kind of relationship. Yeah. Mm. That brother, sister, father, mother kind of relationship. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah, I think we have a really good opportunity to share the gospel. Mm. Uh, I guess uh, as we serve the, the kids in Thailand and also the kids in Korea, mm. it's just a, a chance for us to step out. But I feel like we've been we've been kind of working our way to get us ready to this point. So mm. up until now, we've been kind of working within ourselves, mm. make sure that we're spiritually mature and we're still long ways away but i feel like we are kind of at the point where we can actually um share and care for people other than ourselves mm-hmm. uh, i feel like up until this point we really need to focus on us inward to get us ready mm-hmm. but uh you know god's timing is perfect i think this mission trip is coming next may uh, it's coming at a right is a good time so we're going to start signing up soon uh, and then start training hardcore i mean it's not going to be like a I hope they don't think it's just like a two-week vacation. Mm, no. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's like hardcore. We're going to learn the language. We're going to learn how to share the gospel in that language. We're mm. going to uh, be going through the VBS and English camp, like knowing what to do exactly. And like mm. so that when we get there, we're not like, oh, what do we do? We know like six months training, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Intensive training. I, I uh, tend to, uh, I intend to start that like in November and just every week uh, just uh, get together train for our college students who want to go and they're, they're all their way out at school they can join mm-hmm. via zoom and we'll be just going through this training but yeah, i'm really excited i think we have some ec our english congregation uh, we have quite a few that are pretty excited for this opportunity mm. so something to look forward to maybe we'll do a uh, episode i'll shoot some while we're there Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be cool through Zoom. You give us updates. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. hey, we're, <laughs> we're that'd be cool too. Yeah. Here we are. Mm. Here are the kids. Say hi. Like, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So be praying for for them. Yes, mm. please. Uh, be praying for yourselves and considering you know whether or not you want to go to that mm. mission trip. I mm. wish I could go, but I can't. Mm. Uh, but our youth is also planning on going to like yeah. Bolivia very yeah. soon. Mm. We're in the planning process of that as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah. We have one more thing. Okay. Um, this guy, we've we've reacted to something about his before, but actually, it's Francis Chan. But Francis Chan, I actually see him as very. He's like the pioneer of of this conviction of unity. Mm. Like he's been actually 
you know, people have turned their backs on him. Like even people who are conservative mm. understand that he's from a conservative background because he takes it so seriously that like, like uh, Vincent knows that like, and MP knows too, but like Vincent knows that like my big thing is unity. Mm -hmm. and, and it really started when, when Francis Chan, he, he planted a seed in my heart. And like, that's when like I started reading the, the Bible, you know, cover to cover. And I saw like, man, it's everywhere. Like from Genesis, like that's part of like what God, that's a part of what God meant when he said, let us make man in our image, like that we would actually be able to reflect the sense of unity of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And like, I would just see it everywhere. And, and I kind of, you know, ran with it, but he, he really is like taking this like next level. Mm -hmm. He's like talking to the Pope and he's like sharing the stage with like people who aren't, who are very much, you know, prosperity got uh, preachers and whatnot. But he's like, I don't care. Like, like if they're, if they're willing to talk about Jesus with me, like I'm going to talk to them. And he's like talking about unity to like everybody everywhere. And so, but I found a clip of him, of a snippet of his sermon. I don't even know what the sermon's about, but like it's his like intro, I think to the sermon. That I thought was pretty interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a look at this. It's very short. Yeah. Um, Pastor yeah. Vincent and I have not seen this clip, yeah, so we're reacting yet. for the first time. <laughs> They're reacting with you. I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself because I think I think Pastor Sam actually reminds me so much of Francis Chan. So <laughs> am I gonna see this clip and then think? Uh, yeah. You gotta shave your head, Pastor. Sam. <laughs> oh That's God. what he's saying. You gotta shave your head. Yeah, gotta go Yeah, I'm excited. When he texted me saying like, "Ha ha ha, I got a good clip," <laughs> I, got, I got excited. I'm like, "All right, I'm ready." So. All right. Gonna make sure school volume. All right, here is the clip. It actually says Francis Chan is funny. Interesting. All right. I'm a pastor. I, I just I love my people. I I, I absolutely love my church. I absolutely love ninety percent of them. And uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's always those where you go. What kind of part of the body are you? You know. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow. Oh my goodness. They're like an appendix, right? He's like, what do you actually uh, do? Like, blow up and kill us, but what, what Oh do you my do? goodness. Those are the Christians that come up to you afterwards. Well, you know, yeah, everyone at work hates me because I'm a Christian. It's like, are you sure it's because you're a Christian? Alright, so that's it. I'm sure he was talking, he was preaching on like, um, you know, love or something. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that clip and I thought it was so funny and I was like, you know, it might just be like a lighthearted thing to, to end the episode on. But, but yeah, love that man. Wow. You want to give your two cents? <laughs> I, I never thought I'd see that side of Francis Chan where he's, he's like kind of like play talk, play joking, but also not really joking. <laughs> I think real pastors will, will find it more funny just because like we understand where he's coming from. But like I was actually really thinking pretty, pretty deeply about that. And I was like, he was probably thinking like, even if he's talking about thinking about certain people, they're not going to think that he's talking about them. They're going to be like, yeah, ah, that's yeah, funny. That's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so. Yeah. A little risky. But he's he's guest speaking, I think. Oh, which is why he okay. said, yeah. um, I love my church back home or something like that. Yeah, I see. Um, so, yeah, so funny. That is funny. Yeah. Good All guy. Right. All right. Vincent, thank you so much for, for joining us. Do you have any closing thoughts or remarks? No, just thank you for having me. I love what you guys are doing with this. Again, um, always a blessing to see uh, you guys do your work. And I'll be tuning in on the next episodes. Right. Right. You'll be willing to come back? 
Of course. Oh, yeah. All Anytime. Right. All right. And yeah, maybe next time with Jenny. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We want to do, uh, we actually want to do, do like, like uh, a pastor's wife. Pastor's uh, wife. Like, how many think Oh, that would be so interesting. Yeah. We don't hear a lot from you know, pastor's wives. Yeah, right. And I think they should have. You know, oh, yeah. Because they, they do so much. They're just like so behind the scenes. Yes. People don't really think about. For sure. Yeah. What? Speaking of. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eugene's wife. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thanks for joining in. Uh, like always, uh, feel free to like, share, and subscribe and do all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have any questions, you know, uh, feel free to uh, message us, leave comments, and we'll do another. Yeah, we'll do another like QA segment like we did, uh, like, uh, was it two? In one or two episodes, one or two episodes ago. ago so yeah, yeah. sounds all great right. all right we'll see you next yes. week see you bye, bye.